small crowd here this morning, at least in the comments, uh, as compared to usual, but uh, uh, hopefully that's not some uh, technical difficulty with the uh, with the program, but we're going to keep it together with the program anyway, and uh, continue here in the book of Acts chapter 5 uh, as, we, uh, as we go along here this morning. Uh, we were in Acts chapter 5 yesterday, and we were considering the, there, now there's a bunch of comments coming up, uh, things I didn't see. I don't see Priscilla. I don't see Walter. Hmm. Okay, well, anyway, you're there, and I'm glad that you're there. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning, Walter. Good morning, Amy. Uh, good morning, Claire. Good morning, Jean. Anybody else that might be back there in the background listening in? So glad that you are here. 
Acts chapter 5. Yesterday, we looked at kind of the negative sign in wonder uh, with the demise of uh, Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, we were uh, considering the fact that that God wants us to continue to hold out uh, and have high regard for his holiness. And uh, it's something that, that Ananias and Sapphira did not do. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Uh, they tried to believe people to lead one thing while, uh, in fact, something else was true. Better off to say, well, this is what the truth is, even if it isn't the best truth. Or in their case, what would have been wrong with uh, Ananias and Sapphira selling some land and saying, look, uh, we sold some property, we're keeping some money for ourselves, and we're going to give the balance to the apostles for distribution to those in need. Would not have been an issue, but that wasn't what they did. They led people to believe that uh, they were donating the entirety uh, of the amount to um, uh, to the apostles. And as we read yesterday, uh, we realized that uh, that ended up in their demise. Now, I'm of the opinion, I'm not seeing all comments here this morning, so... Uh, maybe Priscilla, would you just say hello in the comments one more time? See if it shows up on my screen. Uh, something's a little, a little funny here this morning, but I'm going to keep on teaching. We'd just love to see if, if we're getting those comments. Uh, I see Bing. There's Priscilla and Bing. Excellent. Bing, good morning from where are you? Texas? Uh, are you in Europe? I think you're back in Texas, aren't you? I think so. Are you think I'm a world traveler? <laughs> I don't keep up with my friend Bing, not in the slightest. So, uh, anyway, good to have you with us this morning, back in Texas this morning. Acts chapter five. We're picking up at verse twelve. Um, let's jump right in there. It says the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Now, what? exactly is Solomon's colonnade. Basically, it was it's a fancy porch. It was a great big porch outside, probably up on the, the Temple Mount uh, area, but uh, uh, colonnades, like those big pillars, you know, uh, and um, it formed a, a large porch area. So the believers would go there and they'd meet, they'd try to get out of the a little bit of the heat of the day by going to that uh, that area. Uh, and they would meet there, they would pray there, they would perhaps worship there, they would perhaps listen to teaching there. Uh, you know, this, this is prior to them having a church. In fact, it's believed that the first actual church building uh, did not come until the 4th century. So they waited, you know, 300 years or so before anybody thought, oh, well, let's build our own building. And... Uh, it seems like from the time that the, the church started using buildings is when the church began to slow down, actually, and, it's, uh, and the gospel began to slow down and it spread. Just something to ponder and to muse upon, to think about. I mean, I pastor a church with a building. I've always pastored a church with a building, but I've met with believers under trees before and in other places and in schools and uh we make it too much about the material and, and perhaps not enough about the spiritual. They gathered together. They met. They performed miraculous signs and wonders. Believers used to meet together for those reasons. And then verse 13 says, no one else dared join them. 
And the reason that no one else dared to join them is because they were, uh, even though they were highly regarded by the people, I mean, this probably this this scare with Ananias and Sapphira just kind of threw some people off and said, I, I don't know what we need to do. And so they didn't join them. However, while some people didn't gather, uh, you look at uh, verse 14, and this is the substantial part. Nevertheless, more and more, Men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Friends, that should be the pro- focus of our prayers. Yes, I, I, nothing wrong, and, and we should. We should pray for people who are ill. We should be pray for people that are going through various and sundry difficulties in their life. We absolutely should do that. But sometimes I wonder if we have lost focus on uh, gospel praying praying for the impact of the gospel, that our hearts are burdened for people to come to Christ. And, you know, even within our own church, uh, to think, what do we need to clean up so that we're not a turnoff to people? Uh, Now, it's one thing if the gospel turns people off. It's one thing if prayer turns people off. Um, We shouldn't back away from the gospel. We shouldn't back away from prayer. We shouldn't back away from worship. We should not back away from any of those things. But if people are turned off because of us, uh, or if people are turned off because we're not uh, we're not being as engaged as what we need to be, or people are turned off because we're hypocrites, stinky hypocrites, that's an issue. Uh, we, we need to we need to say, Lord, help us to be surrendered, help us to be reflective of Your glory and of Your person and of Your character and of Your priorities. Um, but that the church would see more and more, as it says here in verse 14, more and more men and women believing the Lord being added to the number. Oh, that that would be a, such a strong focus of our prayers that we would pray in that type of a way. Now, continuing on, it says, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Now, there is there is no uh, indication here, at least in this verse, that Peter's shadow falling upon people caused anyone to be healed. Uh, the, the, this is this is uh, mysticism, perhaps. Uh, hey, if, if just his shadow would touch us, we'll be healed. That was the thought. Again, there's no inclination necessarily here in the passage, at least in this passage, saying that Peter's shadow had some healing effect. But people were clamoring for change. People were clamoring for healing. People were clamoring for hope. People were clamoring for help. They were looking for all these things, and and they would do whatever they would do. Now, we were, and I I don't mean to be offensive here. Uh, I I don't. Um, But we were um, at the Church of the Holy Sepulcher there last week it was, uh, and to see the things that people were, were putting in, in all the, it's almost like they had, they did not have hope. Their hope was in touching the stone uh, that was just inside the door. Their hope was in being, going into the cave uh, and uh, where, where Jesus, in fact, most scholars do believe that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is, in fact, the place where the cave was. Um, not the garden tomb. I mean, there, there's two different locations, and 
many scholars believe it was the church of Holy Sepulchre, but I looked into the eyes of lost people last week when I was in uh, when I was in Israel and, and seeing people, you know, their their hopes were if I can put this trinket, then maybe God will be okay with me. Friends, you don't need to to put some trinket on an altar for God to be okay with you. You need to place faith in Jesus Christ, period. He, he is, we are made right in relationship with God through faith, not through, uh, not, not through some act of you know, touching a stone or not through some act of standing in a long line uh, and paying a tax to be able to enter into some cave that uh, Jesus perhaps, now for me, I didn't go into the cave. The line was too long. And for me, it was, I, I don't know. It was, it was for me, it just, I, I wasn't moved in the circumstance. I wasn't moved. Now, now maybe our friend Bing, he's perhaps been there too. And, uh, and maybe very moved because he comes from a little bit different uh, faith background uh, than do I. But I, I saw lostness and sadness, and for me, it was like, I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced, persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed until that day, uh, faith. Now, again, I, 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 other things, though, that I experienced, I mean, looking at stained glass, I mean, the, I was moved to deep worship looking at, at some stained glass or looking at some artwork or uh, sitting in the church, especially the the, uh, the, the church in uh, the town of Magdalena up in uh, the Galilee region, the new church that was built there and um, had kneelers. You know what kneelers are? Why don't Protestant churches have kneelers? Hmm. Hmm. Just, just a curiosity. We ought to be praying. We ought to be kneeling and praying. So I, I used the kneeler in the front row stared at the boat that was on the stage area the front i don't know what the what the technical uh term might be uh from a catholic vantage point stage area uh but i was deeply deeply moved in in some of those things so i'm not saying that those things can't happen but but when i was in the church of holy sepulcher it was just this heavy air of lostness because people were putting their hope in touching a rock instead of putting their hope in believing in the rock who is Jesus Christ himself. So back into the text here, it says, as a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and says all of them were healed. So those that came, those that got audience with the apostles. <clears throat> and there are many towns around Jerusalem. Uh, and so they brought the sick, and it says all of them were healed. Now, I'm not sure if uh, if if that is all, uh, all, all, uh, or all that got audience. Um, but I do think that, that there were many signs and wonders that were done. I do believe that there were many sick who were healed. I do believe that there were many tormented by evil spirits that were delivered. I do I do believe that those things, in fact, happened um, as the apostles, because it says in verse 12, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. God was at work in those days in phenomenal fashion. Now, continuing down a little bit further into the text, verse 17, the, the high priest and his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. 
they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. Now, friends, uh, I got to see the public jail and uh, what it looked like. Now, there, there was the jail, then there was the, the pit. Jesus was placed down into the pit. Uh, it is likely that the apostles were, were not put down into the pit. It's likely that they were just put into the jail, the upper-level jail. There's the pit, there's the upper-level level, level jail, and then there is the, the court where uh, Caiaphas or the high priest would have, would have held their court. So uh, uh, anyway, I, I could go much more into that, but they were in the jail. They were in the public jail, and it says this, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand at the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. The calling to make sure the message gets communicated. It says, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts, and as they had been told, uh, they began to teach the people. When the high priest and the associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing the report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. Uh, at that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people had stoned them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the priests. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, it's up at the top of the page, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put aside for a little while. Then he addressed the men of Israel. Consider fully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, uh, Thutis appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and his followers were dispersed. It came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activities of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in, had them flogged, and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They were unstoppable. 
God brought them out of the prison. The Holy Spirit made sure that, that they got out of the prison and, uh, and released them from the prison. It was the work of the Spirit of God to, to do these things. Um, going back to the top of the pages, during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors. So prompted by the Spirit, it was an angel of the Lord opening the doors of the jail, bringing them out, and told them, gave them specific instructions, go stand in the temple courts. Now, the temple is built on a mound and uh, on a hill, and it's it's not the same. Uh, in, in those days, it was uh, like Herod's temple, and uh, Herod had, had really built out the uh, the mount that the uh, uh, and the platform that the temple was built upon. So they went up into that area around the temple, uh, and they were preaching the message. Uh, of this new life, it says in verse 20. Um, next day, the leaders, not aware of what has happened, come and find that the the jail is empty and the men are uh, there in the temple area proclaiming the gospel. Verse 28 says, we gave you strict orders not to teach, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty. Friends, verse 28, that we would pray that our areas, whether it is your county, Texas, or your county, Virginia, or your county, Pennsylvania, or your county, Rhode Island, or your county, Maine, to pray that our areas would be filled with the teaching of Jesus, the real, true honest-to-goodness teaching about Jesus, uh, and, and that we would see the Spirit of God mightily at work in, in all of our areas. We're seeing this in places in Africa. We're seeing this in places in, in India and Asia. Uh, we're seeing this in places in South America. We're not seeing it as much in North America because we think we're rich, but we're spiritually poor. What are they doing? They're filling Jerusalem with their teaching. Verse 28. Uh, verse 29, Peter says, we must obey God rather than men. And would that be our stance in life? Regardless of what the issue is, that we would obey God rather than men. He preaches the message about Jesus. Uh, Gamaliel comes to the rescue, if you will. Really, it was the Holy Spirit, but working through Gamaliel, a man of wisdom, said, look, there are other guys that have done this type of thing, and they were killed, their followers all dispersed. Uh, it seems Something seems different about these men, and he concludes that if this is from God, don't fight against it. Uh, it will become clear, and obviously the fact that they could not dissuade the apostles uh, is evidence of the fact that it was from God, because we know here we are some approximate 2,000 years later, uh, and billions of people have trusted in Christ, and the message continues to resound around the globe um, because Jesus, in fact, is alive. Now, you have to note, they still suffered. There is, uh, down in verse 41, after they had been flogged, it says this, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name. Uh, capitalized the name of Jesus, the apostles uh, rejoicing. They had been flogged. Now, they could have been upset. They could have been 
And they, they probably were physically wounded. Uh, perhaps their emotions had been stirred. We don't know exactly what all, maybe their state of mind may have been uh, in the circumstance. But what we do know is that after they were flogged, after they were released, they went out rejoicing because they were counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. What what a unique uh, vantage point of that. Uh, unique in that uh, they suffered disgrace. Uh, they were beaten. They were flogged. They were threatened. All these things, but yet they knew it was for Jesus. Oh, that we'd have the same view in our hearts and minds that when we would suffer for Jesus, that it would cause rather than anger. Well, they don't know who they're dealing with. They don't know what. Just rejoicing in the Lord. And verse 42, uh, the conclusion of the chapter shows them day after day. And I want to note where they were. They were in the temple courts. They were in the public places. Uh, sometimes in our day, we are kind of disparaging when you see uh, street preachers. Now, I, I do like very much so uh, open-air campaigners and the way that they way that they communicate with the drawing boards and, and things of that nature. I would love to see uh, open-air campaigners here in our region, uh, someone trained, uh, someone maybe becomes a missionary in uh, open-air campaigners that, that can do what they do artistically. and They, they communicate the gospel in such a, a unique and powerful way. Uh, I would love to see that. But it says in the temple courts, the temple courts were the public places. It was near the market. So day after day, every day, they're in the temple courts. And it also says this, from oikos to oikos, from house to house, they never stopped teaching or proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. What we do is save it up for Sunday. What they did is did it every day. Where did they do it? They did it in the public markets. Where did they do it? The public square. Where do they do it? In the... Uh, uh, the, the temple court area, where do they do it? House to house. They'd go into a house and say, let's, let's study the Bible. In our day, it's like, well, let's, let's come in and let's have uh, some donuts and coffee and let's talk about the weather and let's maybe share a verse or two. But they went house to house. Now, again, what's one of the things, and myself included, I have been disparaging of, you know, knocking door to door and door to door visitation because sometimes that is, uh, not as readily received, but yet I would say this, and I have a student, Chris Carter, who graduated with his bachelor's this uh, this past Saturday, now beginning his master's work. Uh, their church uh, goes door to door and visits people in that way. And that, you know, if we had Stan Rastawicki around here still, uh, who had been one of our elders, some of you know Stan, others do not know Stan. But Stan is a guy that would have done that. And the church he was a part of, they did that. But to figure out how do we get out there and proclaim the good news that Jesus, in fact, is the Messiah, we need to be doing it. Oh, Lord, that you would help us to, to stand for you. Uh, Lord, that you would help us to proclaim you. You would help us to do this day to day. You'd help us to do this in the public squares. You'd help us to do this house to house. Lord, we would be used by you in a mighty way. Do your work, we pray, in America. America needs salvation. Uh, even a lot of people who are Christianized aren't saved. And Lord, we pray that they would be truly converted, truly transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that um, they would they would be changed in in their priorities and what they treasure and what their character is. Lord, we pray that you would work to bring that type of change in America. Lord, we we look at America and we think we're so deserving of judgment, but it's our prayer that you would spare us judgment, bring spiritual awakening to Waldo County, bring spiritual awakening to Reedville, Virginia, bring spiritual awakening to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, bring spiritual awakening to Rhode Island, uh, bring spiritual awakening down where Bing lives, Lord, bring spiritual awakening, make people passionate for Jesus. And Lord, help me to be that way as well as I seek to proclaim you daily. Lord, we look to you, we give you our day, Help us to walk with you in it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. I will see you tomorrow.